Hello and welcome to Even the Trunchful, our show about children's books and why we still love them as adults. She's Nina. They're Matt. And we think that children's books are for everyone because we've all been kids. Even, Even the, the Trunchful. Trunchful. They're all mistakes, children. Filthy, nasty things. Glad I never was one. From Rule Dahl's beloved Matilda, despite her protestations. Each episode, we review one picture book and one chapter book. We've started off with the books that we read as kids, but if you've got books that you'd like us to review, especially if you are currently a kid, please get in touch. You can email us on eventhetrunchable at gmail.com or catch us on Twitter and Facebook at TrunchablePod. This week, we're reading around the theme of family recipes. Our picture book is Peeny Butter Fudge by Tony Morrison and Slade Morrison and illustrated by Joe Sapida. But first, we're really excited to cover another listener request. Yay! Apple Cake and Baklava by Catherine Roman was recommended by friend of the podcast Ruth Ahmedzai Kemp, and Ruth translated this book from the original German. And we're so glad she did, because we think she did a wonderful job. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, a, really, it's a really lovely translation and yeah. a really lovely story. So... We follow two characters, Max and Layla. The chapter headings are either Max or Layla, and we, we follow their narratives. In that very YA way, a chapter each. Yeah, so we're in rural Germany, biggest, nearest town is Hanover. And Max is a young German boy. Max is into bikes, hangs out with his granny a lot, who has a bit of land and keeps sheep. It's all very kind of... And she bakes. Yeah, it's all... And he loves to bake All with very cosy and idyllic and kind of yeah. closeted and comfortable and um, and rural. And white. Yes, and white. And then Layla is a Syrian refugee about the same age who's come over with her mum and her two brothers, Alan and Ferhat. And they've escaped Syria, escaped the war. But they've left their granny and their dad. Yeah. So the family is split. Yeah, her gran's quite ill. So her dad's trying to get her medical care and then trying to get over to Germany to meet up with them. So Leila's got her first day at school, very, very nervous. Uh, speaks quite good German. They've been in Germany for about a year, but is kind of overwhelmed by everything. And she has a keepsake, which is a walnut from her gran's garden back in Syria. And uh, for Leila, you know, her gran is in this walnut. Like she, she yeah. talks to her, she chats to her, she gets advice from her gran via this walnut, and it's kind of a a reminder of of home and comfort and security before all of that was overturned. While she's at school, she faints, and this walnut slips out of her pocket, and she loses it. Um, Max comes and helps her and there's this kind of friction sort of suspicions of young crush certainly on Max's part Max acts like such a creep at the beginning you forgive him for it he's 10 he doesn't know any better (laughs) but he is staring at her long braided black hair he is exoticizing the pants off of her he's like Oh, I wonder what it's like to be her. Yeah, but oh, he's, I wonder if I can find he's her. He's a little boy with a crush, isn't he? Sure. You know. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not saying he's awful. Yeah. But I'm saying you can see why she isn't keen. I think it's quite well written at the because first time I was reading it, like Max is set up to be like the villain. Like when he's first introduced, you're like, oh, this guy's trouble. 
Yeah. And she's like, who's this guy who's always like, he sits behind her in class and like, she can feel him Stares. staring at her all through this lesson and then he's following her around. Yeah, he makes her really uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it switches and you get to be inside Max's head and you're like, oh, bless him, he just really fancies her. Um, yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't know how to behave. But yeah, basically the, the sort of the story from there hinges around them trying to refine and recover this walnut. Max's granny is encouraging Max to be nice to Leela and befriend her. Yeah. Um, and then it, it kind of sort of transpires that Max's granny has a, a refugee experience of her own from the Second World War. So we have this kind of intergenerational yeah. link. And that's that's probably about as far as we should go. That's that yeah. I think even yeah, that's a even so. that's a slight spoiler. But um Yes, a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. But yeah, it's a it's a really lovely story. It's a bit of bit of a tearjerker. What really got me was the Skype calls to her dad yeah. that never connect. Yeah, yeah. That's really hard. Like every week she and her mum and her brothers are trying to talk to her dad and the line's always really crackly and it's always dropping out yeah. and it's They've got a set time every week that they call, I think, yeah. or attempt to call. And it's just the, also, you know, there's the horror of what they've come from, but also the ongoing pain of separation. It's really hard not to be with her dad, and it's really hard not to be with her grandmother. And not knowing where she's going to be as well, like, because yeah. they're, they're in Germany yeah. for now, and, like, her mum's very keen mm. that, like, you know, she's saying, you know, study hard at school, we've got a good home here, we've got a flat, we're going to get dad here, we're going to sort it out. But it's not quite certain. Like, that's the hope. Well, and the dad has other plans that maybe they could go to Canada. Yeah, because he's got a cousin there. So it's just this complete rootlessness of, like, why make any friends here? Where am I going to be next? Like, I've been moving around all over the place for a year, which is a long time anyway, but at that age is, like... I think that was a clever choice not to make her, not to have her really fresh from her experiences of escaping. I mean, practically it's useful as well because she already speaks German yeah. and she can, in, you know, she can interact and it's... But also I feel like it's avoiding sensationalising her experience. That it's not like bang, bang, bang. Because there's kind of one moment we get of like a bit of flashback where you get a little insight into the trauma. But that aside, it's yeah. just, oh, she's this quiet kid. Yet her who she gets sat next to in class, who sort of befriends her. It describes her as, like, disappointed when Leila keeps yeah. saying no, hanging out, like... Well, and if you're a young girl who keeps trying to make friends with someone and she keeps saying no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is where having the narration told from two different points of view is really rich. Yeah. Because when you're in Leila's point of view, you can totally see why she is the way she is and why she does the things she does. And why she's a bit guarded and careful with her feelings and herself. But when you're in the native German boy's point of view, when you're in Max's point of view, you can also totally sympathise with him really not getting it. Even when he really wants to get it. You know, the hardest things that have happened in his life are so much easier than the hardest things that have happened in her Mm. life. And his perspective is just narrower, it just is. You know, and it's not a judgment on him. It's not his fault. I guess that's the central point of this book, I suppose, really, isn't it? Is it's two kind of cultures and very different sets of world experiences coming up against each other. I thought that Catherine Holman was really good at writing that particular age of child, that sort of acute embarrassment about everything. It was so good. 
when Max's grandmother says, oh, why don't you just ask her over at the weekend? He's, he's like, like, what? Can't just do ask that. her? Like, what? how would I just say what? that? Like, just walk up and be possibly like... possibly do that? Like, where do Ooh, you do live? Do you want to come like, round? Would you want to come to... And then, and then <laughs> you've got it the other that. way around as well when um, Layla yes, faints. with Layla's mum being like give these sweets to that nice boy who helped you. She's like, what? Yeah. Go to school and give him sweets and give him your yeah. thanks. Like, no, I can't do gi- that. Give it, giving them to Yetta, giving them to the girl, fine, I can do that. That's not. But I'm yeah. not going to give them to yeah. the boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What do you think I am? Weird. <laughs> Should talk about food a bit in this book? There's a through yeah. line. I mean, that is the theme that we've picked it for, isn't it? Yeah. Max's granny. She's got this recipe that's been passed down from her grandma and was given as a farewell gift. In Pomerania. Yeah. Which is why she she kind of empathizes, understands the the walnut thing with with Layla. She's And Layla's dad is a baker. Yeah. He's got a bakery. And so the kids, um, Layla's brothers are always trying to recreate the baklava. Yeah. And at the beginning, they're always burning it. And then yeah. I was like, this is not very good. They want to open, a, sh- want to open good. a shop, a Syrian yeah. shop, so that they don't have to go to Hanover for all this stuff. Um, and one of them wants to open a bakery um, <laughs> and make baklava. And at the beginning, they're always burning it. But by the end, they're really good. Yeah. 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 They make <laughs> they're handing the, them out as Christmas, Christmas presents. Yeah. 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 So we've got, you know, the food that's reminding Layla of home. And then the food that roots Max. And he doesn't even know that he's been eating this Libushkin and it's got this history of displacement mm. and refugee status and Pomerania and moving and saying goodbye. For him, he and his family have always been here. He doesn't even know his own history. And, and also all of his ingredients are easy to access. It is very easy to buy sugar and flour and butter and spices yeah. in Germany, even in rural Germany. It is not necessarily easy to get what you would want, like, I don't know, phyllo pastry and pistachios. They need to go to Hanover for it. That's why they want yeah. to open a shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Alan and Ferhad are saying, like, it takes ages to get to Hanover. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they need that taste of home as well and that groundedness. Yeah. Yay! Yay, Christmas giveaway! We're doing a giveaway! We've put together a bundle of presents all connected to the themes and books we've been reading throughout the year and wrapped them all up in a tote bag kindly donated by Armchair Books. Disclaimer, we know the co-owner of Armchair Books, so that's how we got it. Definitely check out Armchair Books if you're ever up in Edinburgh. Gorgeous little bookshop. So basically, each week this series, we're going to be popping in to tell you about one of the presents and we're going to be telling you how it went as well. It's really, really easy. All you need to do is tweet at us, comment on Facebook or Instagram in response to our pinned post about the giveaway, and you'll be entered into a random draw. Terms and conditions apply. Terms and conditions is basically we can only ship in the UK. One entry per person, first name out the hat, gets it. If they don't claim it in 48 hours, we'll stick names back in the hat and draw again. So what are we what are we telling them about this week, Mina? We are telling you about the wind in the willows, the board game. <laughs> Yay! So it's a version of Snakes and Ladders that incorporates elements of the story. So 
So for example, when you land on the car, you speed forward a few squares, but then you land up in prison and you've got to roll a six to get out. Classic Toad. It's nice, it's a good adaptation. And it's lovely little figurines you get. A really nice board game. That's going in our armchair swag bag. So if you want to be in with a chance of winning that, all you have to do is enter the giveaway. And if you need reminding of how to enter, just check out the show notes. And now, back to the show. Mum seems very keen for them not yeah. to do that. She's yeah. like, don't open a shop. Don't, like, just go to school. It's it Like, it doesn't go as far as saying this, but it feels like she's saying, like, don't mark yourself out as different. Yeah. Do you know no, what I, I mean? No, I got that like, sense from it too. Yeah. Which is really, but, like, that fear is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it's a fear that isn't realised, but it's not. It like it's not unfounded, right? Like, no, like, no, not at all. I mean, it's not like Germany isn't a racist country. It's not like they're entirely welcoming of every brown person who crosses the border. I think it's a very first generation, second generation thing as well. That often mm. the first generation of migrants somewhere have this huge pressure to integrate and just be grateful and just take what you can get and just don't mm. stick your head above the parapet. Just like, just, mm. you know, settle in and don't get yourself chucked out. Whereas, I mean, I guess technically these are first generation kids as well because they moved in their lifetime as well. But just from being younger mm. and mm. maybe feeling a little bit more secure in where they are and their place in the world, they don't just want to blend in they still want to be syrian boys yeah who have a dad who's a baker who makes baklava who does not make apple cake you know and i, like, and I guess the comment that the book makes quite well is that like how much richer an experience that is for everyone and this is a very hopeful book you know yeah in sure. this book the migrant family getting rejected doesn't happen no and i question the realism of that a bit that nothing bad would happen that nobody would say a bad thing yeah and nobody does no, i can see that i can see that it it's very neat isn't it it's sort of like you said very streamlined mm-hmm. um really i could somebody who newly is reading could read this i think quite easily yeah. or with a bit of help yeah um like the language is simple the story is simple and it doesn't go into the horror of war in terms of kind no. of content notes. I think quite a young kid could get on with this. Yeah. Like, I think reading it as a kid, like the fact that it's upsetting and traumatic definitely comes across, but it doesn't delve into like... No, it is extremely appropriate. It is like clearly directed towards young children and I appreciate that in the writing. Yeah. That really is who it's for. Like we, we enjoyed it as adults, but it's not for us. Hmm. It's specifically targeted at younger readers and I think probably younger white readers or if not white, then native to where they are. Mm-hmm. People who haven't had a refugee or immigrant experience. It feels like a teaching story a bit. Definitely. About the person that you're staring at in class because they're not responding to you in the way that you're used to being responded to hmm. and what might be behind that and that it's worth trying to understand and help. Or even yeah. when you just feel really curious about someone, to mm. maybe not stare, you know? Mm. <laughs> Say hello rather than spend a week staring and telling your grandma about her. <laughs> and maybe, I, yeah, maybe to some extent a story of hope for a kid who has 
experience displacement. Although then that is possibly where your point about a certain amount of whitewashing might become yes. Difficult. I like this is not a known voices book. Catherine Roman is a white German woman, hmm. and I do think this shows a bit. Like Layla doesn't make doesn't visibly make friends at school with anybody who isn't white. I don't know. To I me, it feels like something missing, and I feel like even if it was mentioned that one of Yetta's friends was not white, that would have helped for me, I think. The fact it's not mentioned at all. You might have, like, Eleanor Furhard saying, like, all of the kids here are white yeah. or something. The Syrian kids in this are very clearly written as brown Syrian kids. Their skin tone is described, their hair colour is described. Hmm. And then the other kids, presumed white, do not have their skin tone described. Yeah. Is there a sense that it feels like it's written more from Max's point of view than Leila's yes, to some extent? Yes, I think it is. I think it is. Um, and I'm not saying that white people can't write people of colour at all. But it feels like something she left out by accident. You know, she didn't think about it. Because mm. she doesn't, even when she's in Leila's point of view, she doesn't describe the whiteness of the other children. So I think that's just, it's a bit of a blind spot, I suppose, for the author, mm. I think. I mean, you know, I don't want to come down too hard on her. I think it's a lovely book. Um, but that, I think, is something that's lacking. Mm. And that is something that if you were going to put this in the hands of a kid who has these experience, who might be a refugee or the only one of anything in a classroom, you you'd want to be aware of, I guess, and maybe critical of with that child sort of the idea of the walnut and that encapsulating home. Yeah. Is that I quite literal metaphor of roots, which kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's from the tree that's in her granny's garden. Yeah, a strong similarity to um, Here I Am that we did yeah. as part of the wordless picture books roundup. And the walnut isn't treated as a seed for most of it. No. It's treated as an end point. Yeah, And yeah. then it turns into maybe it could be a beginning of something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works really well. The use of the walnut in this is very mm. clever. There's a certain letting go to accept it as something other yeah. than a personal keepsake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, this book ends with a recipe, which is why we picked it. Both our books this week end with recipes. Um, yeah. It ends with a recipe for an apple cake, a recipe for Libushkin, which are what Granny Gertrude brought out of Pomerania when she left. And there's a recipe for baklava. And we have tried out the apple recipe. It is very good. It's the so good. It's so good. good. Nina, Nina made uh, apple cake. Um, and we we shared some a few weeks ago, uh, very shortly before we weren't allowed to do such things. Um, <laughs> so we recommend you buy this book, you read it, and then you make the recipes. Yeah, we're we're not going to give you the recipe. You have to. You have to. No, buy the book I don't think that. that's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a two in one. You get a lovely story and th- three recipes as a four in one, really. Yeah. So, what age of kid is this book for? Um, I I guess you could probably start. I'd maybe start as young as kind of seven with this. Yeah, yeah. A precocious that's what seven. I was going to say. Um, as soon as you can read, I think you can read this. Yeah, I think it's a good read alone. Yeah. Um, Could be like a good first chapter book for someone who's just starting to read on their own because it's fairly short, easy read. 
but you know it's got a lot of story to keep mm. the interest of someone for whom decoding the words is still a bit of work and i'd go up to 11 maybe 12 yeah. i think are you ready to move on to peeny butter fudge yeah let's do that peeny butter fudge by tony morrison and slade morrison and illustrated by joseph peter popping pictures it's great really good drawings they're really colorful and like almost cartoony a bit do you want to tell us about it nina this is the story of three kids who are dropped off by their mum for a day with their grandmother and their mum provides a very detailed <laughs> schedule <laughs> this time lunch feed them this for lunch this time nap this time tv this yeah. like television for 20 minutes and then afternoon snack yeah yeah and so we can see that the that this list is lovingly pinned on the and then fridge. entirely ignored <laughs> and then entirely thrown out <laughs> uh this is a poem mm. of a book which i think is our first so i didn't know before i found this book that tony morrison did children's books and it's a delightful mm. discovery mm. and she wrote them with her son slade and it's, it's just a lovely, lovely book about family. And it allows itself silly rhymes. Yeah, the poetry's great for favourite line. Yummy, lummy, yummy, lummy. So much happy yeah. in the tummy. <laughs> Look at what our nana made us. Biscuits, ham and lemonade us. <laughs> it does a lot of really interesting things with rhythm. Like it sets up, it's kind of dum-de-dum-de, yeah. but then it sort of disrupts that quite a lot. It, you know, yeah. it's um, it feels it it, start, it feels almost like sort of spoken word rhythms a lot of it. It feels very confident, doesn't it, in the use of language? That, like there's a looseness to it. Um, and now that I'm flicking through it, so colourful and yeah. fun. It's just the story of the children spending a sort of a loose, free-form day with their yeah. nana, doing yeah. silly things, having a nap when they want, yeah, not when it's scheduled. Forts out of pillows and all of that kind of indoor stuff. Yeah, dancing around and the house. And then making peanut butter fudge. They realise that it's nearly time for their mum to get home, and they're like, quick, quickly, 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 that time to make the fudge. <laughs> and so they get the chocolate out, and they get the peanut butter out, and they get the sugar. And the illustration is just like chocolate everywhere yeah. on every surface. And the mum, who's like perfectly groomed, yeah. tidy hair, tidy clothes, comes in and a shock on her face. Like, what, am, what have you And been then doing the glint in Granny's eye where she's like, yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> Leave your kids with me. That's what's happening. Yeah. But then she tastes the fudge and it reminds her of making the fudge with. Yeah, grandma so it, who is her mum. It's got that intergenerational thing again of like this is a recipe that's been passed down. Like yeah. this day that the kids have had with grandma, like mum's had that kind of day with yeah. um with grandma or mum, you know, when she was younger, yeah. made the same recipe. Yeah. But I I I want this grandma <laughs> yeah. to be my grandma. She's such she's such good fun yeah. and so cheeky and mischievous. Like. You know, I, w I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if she timed it specifically so that there was fudge and chocolate all over the kitchen when mum got home. <laughs> it's like, mum's coming home. Let's get all of the messy stuff out. 
Because it's not like it's not. Oh, mum's coming home. Quick, we need to clean up. Fill the sink up with chocolate. Let's mum's let her know back. how much fun we've had. Yeah. <laughs> and as with apple cake and baklava, the recipe for peanut butter fudge yeah. is at the back of this book. So should you want to fill your sink with chocolate Both and peanut butter? literally and metaphorically. You can. I love about this that... So on the surface, it's a story about children having a great day. Reading it as an adult, it's also about... You want free childcare from your mum? Yeah. You deal with how your mum does things. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And that that's, that's a richness in yeah. the children's life as well. Like, I am sure there is a very good reason for the way that their mum structures yeah. their day. You know, maybe, you know, they need a lot of sleep. Like, there, there will be reasons why their mum parents them the way she does. But then this rupture and this departure from that is also really good. For- yeah, it's a story about breaking the rules responsibly. Yeah. Having that rule of being able to facilitate breaking the rules. Well, and I think these are the perks of grandparenthood, right? You do yeah, all exactly. the hard parenting yeah. and then your kids have kids and then you get to do the fun stuff only and not worry yeah, about yeah. the rest. Yeah. <laughs> And possibly even more so than, like, an uncle or aunt rule. Because, yeah. like, when, like, mum comes home and is like, oh, what's going on here? Like, grandma is still also her mum, yeah. right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a hierarchy of authority there. Be like, yeah, and <laughs> grandma gets to pull rank a bit, right? Grandma's just sort of, like slyly looking at her like, remember when we used to do this too? Until mum's like, okay, sure, yeah, fine. Give me the peanut like, butter fudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because have they? They haven't had dinner either. They're having fudge no. for dinner. <laughs> They've definitely not had dinner. <laughs> that's not been. That's not been a thing that has happened during this day. <laughs> I think they've eaten a lot of sweets already. We should mention the fact that this is a black family. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's just joyful. Yeah. Uh, mm. Anything else on this one? I don't think so. No, it's just really good combination of art forms. It's just a really yeah. good poem. Really good read aloud. Really, really good to read and to like a toddler, I think. Toddlers on yeah. up. Really good poem and then really good illustrations. Yeah. Just working together. Peeny butter fudge. Peeny butter fudge. Mummy's coming any minute. Quick, quick, let's begin it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so fun. It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, so read aloud for toddlers and then yeah. carrying on up to whatever age you like. So that was episode 13 of Even the Trunchbull. Thanks for listening. Once again, if you've any thoughts on books you loved as a kid. Or love now as a kid. Let us know or ask a grown-up to let us know. We're at eventhetrunchbull at gmail.com or catch us on Twitter and Facebook at TrunchbullPod. Intro music for this episode and every episode is What a Wonderful Day by Shane Ivers. And remember, kids' books can be for everyone, because we've all been kids. Even the Trunchbull. Even the Trunchbull.